Hello and welcome once again to Whispers in the Darkness, the paranormal podcast from the Out There Paranormal Group. And whispering for you on this episode, we have myself, Nigel Higgins. And myself, Juliet Smith. So what have we been up to recently? Not an awful lot, unfortunately. Um, It's been very difficult for us to get out and about and do anything. Mm, that's the trouble with COVID, isn't it? It's caused quite a lot of problems. It has, yeah. Nobody being able to go out, and when you can go out, it's masking up and... Limited to what you can do. Absolutely. We've got loads of things in the pipeline, things that we are going to be doing. Um, it's just a simple case of getting the start of the year out of the way, yeah. COVID out of the way, which now seems to be easing a little bit, mm. and then getting ourselves out and about there. That's it. We have some more ghost airfield adventures lined up we've got a couple of bases we're going to go and look at we'll touch on those on another podcast we'll leave this out but just to let you know that they are in the offing we haven't sort of shelved that project it's something we very much want to do but it's not always the easy to get onto the bases and do these things and that's the trouble isn't it trying it is. to get on yeah you know yeah it is really quite hard um we don't break in and trespass or do anything like that so we always sort of abide by the rules and what else have I been doing? Well, I've been overly active on Twitter, my new favourite social media. <laughs> and why is that? Uh, the main reason why is because uh, it's um, it's all down to a person called Danny Robbins. Yeah. I'm going to blame Danny Robbins for this. He's fab. He's very, very good. He's got a series on BBC Sounds and on BBC Radio 4 called Uncanny where he's invited people to send them their ghost stories, Mm. for want of a better word. Mm. And he's then got them to tell the stories. He's got a couple of experts on board, normally someone who's sceptical and someone who's a believer, and they've discussed the cases. Mm. And it's really interesting uh, to hear both sides of the coin, so to speak, as well. It is, Because you have people that believe in the paranormal side, you know, talking about the paranormal aspect and why it's believable. And then on the other side of the coin, you've got the non-believers giving their scientific views as to why perhaps it could or couldn't happen and the evidence behind that. And it's a really well-balanced podcast. I mean, I... Nigel recommended it to me, and in the beginning I thought, oh, because there's so many different paranormal podcasts there is, out yeah. there, isn't there? there I mean, is. ours included. Yes, I'll say, we're doing you one know. right now, as you can see, so... Yeah, but Danny Robbins' one was, was really, really different. I think it's the first podcast that I've experienced which has given both sides uh, uh, of the coin and there's a fabulous community isn't there on twitter as well there's a yeah hashtag uncanny community has grown up around this and the beautiful thing about this is we're used to being in the paranormal field and working in paranormal circles and one thing you get an awful lot of is backbiting Mm. and arguments and criticism and it's horrible to see it but with Uncanny, in the Uncanny community, there's none of this no. at all. And they accept your view, whether it's pro-paranormal or sceptical, it's accepted. You know, nobody's dissing anybody's perception or views. It's nice to have proper grown-up discussions about yeah. things because, let's face it, none of us have really got the answers. Nobody really knows whether the paranormal exists or not. I believe it does. You are sitting on the fence. Exactly. Nobody really knows, but it's nice to be able to discuss things and ideas and perceptions as to what the paranormal is, what could have caused that paranormal experience. Yeah, and I've learned an awful lot on the back of it as well. Some of the experts I've had on there have come Mm. up with sort of theories, um, especially on the more sceptical side of things. It's made me actually look look a lot more at the sceptical side of it and think to myself, okay, that's a possibility. But then I found myself looking at the cases and taking the cases apart. Yeah, well, and actually, good. Right in the... I mean, there's Room 611. I'm obsessed wow. with Room 611. Yes. I want to be I in Room 611. That is the best one because it's, the best there's one. so many people with yeah. that one. Mm. So many witnesses. Mm. The events that happen, the backstory that goes with it. Mm. I found myself... I've actually got a pile of notes at home that I made because I wanted to investigate it because I wanted to look at what people were saying. You swat. I know, I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> this is how obsessed I am. I mean, I'm so obsessed, as you know, I did a uh, What's Out There uh, podcast and put it on the channel with regards yeah. to it to sort of look at that one and say, oh, this is what I think is going on. Mm. And it's just fascinating, completely fascinating. It really is. And the beauty of the um, Uncanny community is we've actually got the people that told the stories 
as part of the community. Mm-hmm. So you've got Ken who was telling a story. Ken is Ken611 on Twitter. Yeah. And you can actually ask him questions. And he's great. He comes back and answers. Really nice chap. Yeah. It's really, really good. And he's not alone. There's lots of them on there. We've got and Phil. Very open, yeah. As well. I mean, there's Phil, the guy that had the story from Louis Belt, the, the Bothy in Scotland, which was incredibly scary. Mm. He's on there as well. And you can ask him questions too. Um, which brings us round to what we're doing here tonight. Yes. Talking about questions. Mm-hmm. Because we've been so active on Twitter, we've had lots of people that started to follow us, mm-hmm. which is really quite nice. We picked up lots of people on the back of Uncanny and the fact that we are a, a paranormal group. Yeah. And people are generally interested in what we do. Mm. One guy I've got very friendly with is a chap called Dave Fields. And um, he said to us, he'd really like to hear us do a podcast where we talk about what got us into the paranormal and what are our views on it. Mm-hmm. So we decided then, okay, we'll do that. Yeah. Good idea. Exactly. And then we'll throw it onto Twitter and see what questions they want to ask us. So that's exactly what we've done. I went onto Twitter and said, through the out there Twitter feed and said, okay, what questions would you like to ask us? And we'll do the podcast. We'll talk a little bit around ourselves and then we'll answer some of your questions. And we've actually got some quite good questions to answer. We really have, yeah. So, Jules, how are we going to play this one, do you think? Okay, so what I would suggest is perhaps for us to talk briefly about how we got into the world of the paranormal, what interested us in the beginning. Okay. And then once we've covered that off, then we can look at some of the questions that people have asked us. Okay, and then we'll see what comes from there as well, because there's bound to be some other stuff that's thrown up when we start answering the questions. So, okay, so shall I start or shall you start or...? I'll start. I'm happy to start. Okay. Over to you, Jules. Okay. So if you head over to our website, www.outtheregroup.net, you will see an article that I put together all about my first paranormal experience. And that was when I was a little girl. I was brought up in a farmhouse in Norfolk, East Anglia. And it was my first ever spooky experience and witnessing what I believed was a ghost. Okay. So from then on, I was absolutely fascinated with anything paranormal. As I grew into my teenage years, I was reading lots and lots of different books. One of my most favourite books ever. You know this one. I know what's coming up. Yeah, Ghost of the Broads. It's a classic. Absolutely loved that book. It's brilliant. Absolutely loved it. And... That really got me into it. And then I used to um, read things. Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World. Remember on on television? television. Yes. And watch that on television. And it it was all that kind of stuff started coming out. And it really drew me into it. So I'm also interested in cryptozoology, um, UFOs as well. Anything unusual or strange, I'm there. there. Not sure what that says about me as a person. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) anything strange anything unusual I'm, I'm curious I'm interested in it you know how why you know all this kind of stuff and I got into euphoria the UFO research group of East Anglia sadly right. it's now disbanded it's a group that we uh, used to meet up on a regular basis yeah. in Norwich at the Whitehorse Inn in Trouse that's so, right yeah. and I got talking to Nigel actually on Facebook on social media. That's right. We just and stumbled Nigel, across each other on right. Facebook, yeah. And you said to me, come along. Because yeah. I said to you, I had an interest in UFOs. You already went. You said, oh, come along. Come along one evening. Yeah, See come what and you have think. a chat. We talk, talk about all sorts of weird and wonderful oh. stuff. It's not just flying saucers. We no. talk about all sorts of paranormal things. Loved it. Come along and meet us, yeah. And then um, you said to me, didn't you, why don't you come along? Because I told you I had an interest and I'd had psychic experience. You said to me, come along. Come along on an investigation with us and see what you think. There may have been an ulterior motive there. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, we had a psychic in a group already and I was looking for another psychic. And we'd stumbled across you by accident on on another Facebook group on um, paranormal and... uh, Facebook group about the paranormal and I thought no I'm going to see if she wants to come along got chatting to you and said do you want to come on an investigation with Mm -hmm. us and we did took you where did we take you oh it's Castle Rise in Castle in Kings Lynn certainly was that was such an amazing place throw you in at the deep end Mm, just a bit (laughs) wow wasn't that interesting that place it was fascinating the old walls and I mean it was just Forget the paranormal side of it, because, you know, it is haunted, but 
It's such a beautiful ruin of a castle, isn't it? It is, really, yeah. Really, really yeah. lovely. With a really great backstory mm. to it as well. For those of you who like sort of spooky stuff, it's worth just going and looking at it for, for that. Sure. For that, for sure. more than anything else, the old uh, Queen Isabella, Isabella, and uh, mm. yes, very interesting. But went along on investigation. We had some very strange experiences in there which perhaps we can talk about on another podcast we can indeed yes we can go back and talk mm. about that one there's definitely yeah. but um i did that and we then met again didn't we at euphoria following right. that investigation and you asked me to join the group how long ago was that now? oh my god 12 years um yeah 12 years is it 12 years and you know i can't it's, it's scary to think about it wow that's amazing. All that time ago. It's when Harry was little and you didn't have Ethan, Gosh, so it's got to be more yeah. than what, Ethan's seven, eight? Nine. Now? Nine. It was definitely more than nine years ago. Yeah, Harry's nearly 15. These are my children, by the way, oh for my that doesn't God. know. Yeah, sorry about that. I'll just throw that in there. <laughs> in case he's chatting about these yeah. things. But yeah. That's scary. So, yeah, that's Just think right. of that all long that, ago, oh my all that God. time ago. I've known you all that time. Mm, wow. certainly have. And yeah. yeah, we've been doing out there paranormal ever since, and I have loved every minute of it. Yeah. Every minute. It's been fabulous. Yeah, I was probably... One of the soundest moves I actually made was to say to you, join the group, because we've really hit it off. Mm. Me and you, we really work well together. Yeah, we, we have do, this strange sort of connection. Mm. Um, we really understand each other quite well. Which, when you sort of listen to things that we do at like the podcast or watch the videos that we do as well, you can see it mm. and go bouncing off each other. So it's really quite nice to do that. Mm. So I suppose I yes. better speak about me. Yes, indeed. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, yeah, I'm similar sort of route really to Jules. I've been interested in all sorts of weird and wonderful since I was a kid. Um, my brothers used to read all these really odd pan horror story and ghost books, and I would get hold of them. Read them too. I'm frightened the living daylights out what of myself. What type of books? They were just like scary collections of horror stories Any and ghost stories. Any particular one that stands out? Um, oh my God, there was one, um, I think it's an M.R. James story called The Wailing Well, I think it is. Oh. Where these boy scouts with this sort of clearing in the woods yeah. and this thing comes out the well and gets them. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a kid, reading this yeah. sort of stuff. Ah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and it was like Indeed. a long while before I would sort of go to bed and have the lights turned off. and Yeah. yeah. But... Um, I devoured anything to do with sort of the weird and wonderful spooks and flying saucers and monsters. You'd find me down the library sort of looking at these books. Yeah, yeah. And um, in the 1980s, I had a really, really strange experience at um, Brundle, where I was living at the time. Um, I'm going to cover the story off in another podcast. I really don't want to sort of spoil the effect for okay. you. But let's just say I saw a full-body apparition with a friend. So the two of us witnessed it. And we could not explain what happened there. And there's a backstory that goes with it that I've not been able to prove. It may just be someone mm. winding up to sort of impressionable kids, but yeah. it's creepy. And you're like, oh, my God. Mm. But that got me more fascinated in it. I think it does, doesn't it? When, you, when you've had an experience of That's your own. It. It's, it's very easy for when you listen to other people's experience, you're like, yeah, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah, whatever, yeah. But when you actually have your very own experience, you really start to question. You can't explain it. No. And you want, you want to get the answers to it. And you think yeah. to yourself, why, why did I get that? What happened there? I, don't, I can't make any sense of that at all. I mean, I, I kind of struggle because I've got the psychic side to me. Um, but I'm also very interested in the scientific side as well. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm sort of arguing with myself all the time because I sense psychically, but then scientifically, it can't be possible at uh, the moment. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. So, Why uh, am I doing that? Yeah. yeah. So I'm just like, where am I? Where am I? Anyway, sorry, I, I digress. Do go oh, well, that's okay. No, <laughs> this is what happens when we do <laughs> this, isn't it? That's why I said to you, head hocking is... Ah. Yeah. But no, it's good because it's... It's more natural, isn't it? It's yeah, us. Absolutely. So yeah, you're getting you're getting the real Juliet and Nigel here. So whether well, it's a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing, not I'm pretend. not entirely certain. No, we're not pretending. <laughs> we are actually yes, really strange and freaky people. So um, I then started collecting a magazine series called The Unexplained that oh, came out in the yes. 1980s as well. Uh, and oh man, I'm hooked mm. at this stage. I'm like, I'm into everything. It doesn't matter what. What it about is. 14 times as well? Did you ever? I would I get odd copies that. of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I was used more to get into. That delivered. I love yeah. 14 times. I mean, I was more into the sort of unexplained because it, it built into a series. Yes. And it, it was so many different things in there. It wasn't yeah. just a simple case of like ghosts and cryptids and that. I mean, you had yeah. you had wonderful stuff like spontaneous human combustion. You know, that you know. was a bit Arthur C. Clarke. He was. It, it was. It was very yeah. similar sort of vein to that. So mm. yeah. 
very much because he'd take take one subject and explain it in each one That's of the episodes, right. wouldn't he? So yeah. the magazine was more sort of bits and pieces, and then you sort of put it all together into its volumes. Mm. They sort of all made sense, but yeah, yeah loved it. So. Fast forward, as you do, into mm-hmm. the sort of early 2000s and ghost hunting's a big thing. It's taken off mm. on TV. You've got all the joys of um, Most Haunted. Oh, yes. And all I think the others. It was, was it Ghost Hunters, the, the plumbers from America? Yes, and yeah. there was Ghost Adventures. That yeah. was, a little, was that a bit later? That was coming along a bit later than that, yeah. didn't it? The first two I can remember seeing is yes. Most Haunted. And there was Taps. That's it. That's the one, Ghost Hunters, mm. yeah, the Atlantic Paranormal Society. That's right, that's right. And got massively into that. Of course, that got into be a big thing, and people then started forming their own groups. That's right, yeah. I worked with a lady who formed a group called Great Yarmouth Paranormal Investigators. Yes. <laughs> if you want to know a little bit more about them... Um, or not. Listen to the podcast, <laughs> How Not to Run an Investigation, and that will give you an idea of what that group was like. Um, I shouldn't knock it, really, because we were all very, very sort of... Yeah. We didn't know what we were doing. Well, that's how you learn, though, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. We were watching the television and deciding that was the way to investigate, you know, mm-hmm. and it really wasn't the best thing to do. Yeah. But on the back of that, I fell out with a great Yarmouth Paranormal Investigators. You don't fall out with anyone. <laughs> no, I don't. How can you but... manage to fall out with someone? I, oh, honestly, it's another long story that oh, I won't tell. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps another day. Yeah. But um, I then disappeared off and thought, no, I can do this. I can do my own thing. Mm. So with Ali and Tracy, who are both members of GYPI with me, we decided to form our own group. And you did. And Out There Paranormal was born in 2008, mm. and we haven't looked back. It's been your baby all the while. It has been all the while, yeah. I've put an awful lot. Well, it's you, isn't it? It is. Paranormal is is effectively me, yeah. Because you do most of the work. I'm the driving force behind it. I'm I'm the guy that um, does all the video editing, that put the web page together, that's been on Twitter, you know, flouted himself. I I have to say, (laughs) Nigel, because, I mean, I've got 20-odd years' experience in the marketing field, as you well know. Mm And, you know, I've I've worked, you know, historically with, I don't know, such and such and people like that in London. Blimey. And the videos that you produce, based on the fact that you, this is all self-taught, I have to say I am really, really impressed with what you do. It, it's absolutely fabulous. And, you know, the creativity and the way you write things as well. It's, it's really, really brilliant. You I've know? just got this weird flair for it. Yeah, but you, and I don't you know, know why. <laughs> people that, that can just put something like that together, you know, because it takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of thought. A lot of people that do all this stuff have got, you know, big backgrounds in marketing and this and that, you know, and you haven't. And it, it's fantastic what you do. I, I'm I'm really proud to be working with you. Actually, I I've, I've said this before, but I genuinely am. I think you're fab. Don't do it because you make me cry. <laughs> you know what happens. <laughs> no, but I, you know, I know. I just I, I don't know why. It's it's part part of what I want to do when I first set the group up. Is that I wanted to yeah. share it. Mm. You know, so passionate about this. I'm thinking I want to share what I experience with everybody else. You know, I want people to sort of look at it and think, yeah, that's great. I understand what he's talking about. Yeah. If you can hear dingle dangles in the background, don't worry. It's it's uh, Izzy the cat who's joined us. I do apologise. So, <laughs> My cat wants to be on the podcast. She does, she does like to be in the podcast. So we do hear her occasionally. So. Indeed. But yeah, I really just wanted to share it with mm-hmm. everybody. And I wanted to do it slightly different to how other people were doing it as well. Because yeah. at the time you were getting... Lots of woo ghosts and running about and being scared and and, and they didn't really sort of look it's at what not happened. About that, is it? It's about no. it's about bringing the paranormal and the spirits to people. It's about telling their story. It's about the history behind it. You hit the nail on the head. It's yeah. making people feel um, about these ghosts and and you know where they were and and why perhaps they haunt as as they do um you know be it residual haunting or be it an intelligent haunting you know where there has been sort of evidence if you like of of communication or or what appears to be communication Communication, yeah you know so yeah and it is history plays a big part of it i am a historian i mean i i love history i've always been into history you know um got a big background in military history um know an awful lot about that but i also know bits and pieces i've got a head full of rubbish (laughs) you know ask anybody else he's got a head full of rubbish he's full of garbage you know 
if you ever want to phone a friend on who wants to be a millionaire, I'm the guy, you know, because... Yeah, that's true, <laughs> yeah. actually. That's very true. I can come out with this, this stupid answer <laughs> just like that. But I think a lot of it is sharing the stories as well. Yes, it is. Um, this is why I've really enjoyed doing um, Ghost Airfields with you, Jules, because we've managed to share some of the stories as well, yeah. share what it's like for these people. Absolutely. And it's important that you understand the whole thing. And make, make sort of people feel uh, as well particularly on the airfields and and what those guys went through and exactly it's, it's including the casual observer the into the story that's yeah. right and, and and getting having you have that feel mm. for where we are and what we're doing you know we want to drag you into the story and we question everything yeah even i do and you i'm know, a psychic yeah <laughs> and this is the good thing about everything. it is we've got to the stage where we have experiences that we can't explain yeah you know, but then when we look back and say, well, okay, there's always a possibility there could be this, this, this and this. Well, a lot of them we've had, we can explain. Exactly. Let's be honest, yeah. you know, it, it's been, you know, the usual things, you know, humidity or, or heating or, you know, radiation from something that we've discovered, EMF readings, whatever it is. You know, a lot of the time we can say it's this or it's X or it's Y or whatever. But, you know, we, we had things, um, particularly when we did D from Green, um, I still talk about it, that we could, could not can't explain. explain at all, no, could we? I mean, we, we were just both blown away. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you more than me. Well, yeah. So, yeah, that, that actually cunningly leads us on to one of the questions because mm. um, Dave Field, one of the guys on Twitter who follows us, hi, Dave, he asked us, um, I know this shouldn't be a binary question, but are you... This comes from Uncanny again. Hashtag Team Skeptic or Hashtag Team Believer. It's where do you sit between these two poles and why? Okay. Go on then. You from Dave's perspective, he's a, he's a skeptic, Dave, but he's yeah. had things that happened to him that he can't explain. Mm. Um, me go first, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I When I start, first started all of this, I was skeptical. I would ask questions about everything. I still do. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because it's very, very important to have that open mind and to ask the questions. So mm. I'll always ask questions. Could it be this? Could it be that? But I've gone from being the sceptic to someone now, unfortunately, who's sitting on a fence in the middle because I've had things happen to me that I can't explain. Mm-hmm. And a big turning point, an epiphany, I suppose you could call it, um, was when we did Defum and... We went back because you were convinced there was spirit trapped there and you wanted to send them over across the other side because it's something that you do with the mm. part of your psychic things, the fact that you're very sort of spiritual, you want to do that. Yeah. And um, I went along because I didn't want you to go there on your own, so I went with you. And it's one of those moments when you can't believe what is going on because mm. I couldn't mean? believe it. Um, you were telling me what was going on. You were doing your, your thing and I, I'm not... I've never seen anybody do this before. It's not something I've seen people do okay. in paranormal groups. The previous group I worked with, they had done it, but I hadn't really sort of paid any attention to it. I was too busy, like, playing so with just, the cameras or mucking about. Basically, just to give some background, we went back because I wanted to cross the spirits over or get them some help because mm. I was sensing that there was more than one chap there. I picked on one chap called Steve. That's right. And then we discovered there was, or I sensed, there was an entire crew flight crew behind him so we went back i didn't want any of it filmed uh, because i don't believe in that i think it's quite a private thing no we were we're never going to share that because that's, no. that's not what we're about we're not Absolutely. there to sort of do big things and say well look at these ghosts going no. wah, 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 because it's it's so impersonal and we didn't want to do that there because it's out of respect for the people that were there yeah so, so if if you uh want to check out the footage on d from green it is on our website and you can also find us on Amazon Prime. Yep, under Ghost Airfields. Indeed. So, I mean, if you're, if you're curious, do please check it out and, and leave feedback because we love that. But I went there on the second time with, with you, Nigel, because I wanted to help the spirits that I believed yep. that I'd picked up on. And you had your own experience, didn't you? Uh, was... Honestly, it's... Um, standing there as a sceptic, I'm thinking, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And Jules is doing her stuff you know, mm-hmm. and, and sort of saying she'd opened uh, opened up some kind of portal or something That's right. Yeah. to cross them over to get them to go across to the light, mm-hmm. which is effectively where you want them to go. You want to sort of cross them Absolutely. over to the other side if you can. Mm. Um, 
And I'm standing there and you're desperately trying to convince them to go over and they didn't seem to want to play. And then all of a sudden you managed to persuade one of them to go. And you said to me, watch. Skip, there was the message. Yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd got the um, we got the spirit box going at the same time um, mm. just to see if we could pick anything up for it. And you were trying to convince them to go. Yeah. And all the box kept saying was skip, skip. I didn't have Skip. a clue what it meant. And we didn't have a clue what they were talking about. <laughs> you know, and we're like, that's really weird. Why does it keep saying that? Turns out mm. afterwards when we were sort of, I think it was your dad that actually brought it up, okay. the, the pilots of the plane, they called them Skipper or Skip. Mm. And the way it was coming across on, on the spirit box was like it was a question. Yes. Someone saying Skip, it like really Skip, was, yeah. what we're going to do? Skip, mm. what's going on? Mm. You then said... One of them's going over. One of them's crossing over. That's right. And there was a brilliant flash of light mm. in front of me. I was standing just in front of you watching, and you were standing just slightly to one side of me doing the thing. Yeah. I didn't want to stand in your way while you were doing it. Mm. And uh, this light just appeared, and it flashed really bright, mm. just a momentary flash like that. And I'm looking around. I'm thinking, what the hell was that? Mm. I thought it was a car, you know, car headlights sort of, but it, but it couldn't have been car headlights. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing for them we headlights. We would have seen any cars. There. There's nothing for it to reflect off of either. There was no yeah. like building in front of us. There was no glass windows or anything we were in like a field. that. We were in a field <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. And it was so surreal. And that threw me completely. Mm. And then you said to me, they're following, they're going across. Mm. And I could feel people going past me. Whether or not, it's because I heard you say it and I wanted That's to what feel it. I was it. going to say, was it some kind of psychological conditional response to what I was saying? Or was or was it a genuine thing? Did it genuinely well, happen? Well, you didn't say to me that there was going to be a flash of light. You didn't tell me no, that. No, that's true. I actually. just saw that. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. And I also didn't say that they're all sort of coming past either. I mean, I, no. could, I could sense it. Sorry, that's my cat again, guys. Apologies. <laughs> I could, I could, obviously, I could sense that they were moving past Nigel, but I didn't go into it, you know, it was just, you know, it was when you were saying to me, it was almost like it was reinforcing as well what I was picking up and what I was feeling, because I wasn't going into all of it with you, and all of a sudden you were saying, oh my gosh, they're brushing yeah. past me. Yeah, I can feel them coming past me, you and know. it was like, I could feel people walking past my shoulders, and you could feel them brushing your shoulder and I was standing just slightly in front of you so they were coming past you and coming past me yeah and you then said no you didn't say actually you didn't say anything at all because then I just said to you I think they finished that's right and it was so strange because the atmosphere changed completely now I'm yeah. I'm talking about atmosphere and I'm talking about sensing I'm talking about all the sort of psychic things the that you that would I say do. I'm not psychic by any stretch of the imagination at all. No. I can pick up on... I can, you, can, you, can, you do feel if temperatures change or Yeah, change. I, can, can I, sense I, I can sense atmospheres. I mean, if I go into a room and I don't like it, then I can mm. sense that. Mm. But I, I never see things. I never hear things. Mm. You know, I'm never that sort of psychically attuned to it. I'm, I'm quite empathic, which I think probably helps in that process. Yeah, but yeah. But that was surreal. And after it finished, the atmosphere changed completely and I cried. You did, didn't you? Yeah. I'll tell you what I found interesting as well, um, scientifically speaking, was because we had a K2 meter with us, didn't we? Yeah. And during the time of me crossing people over, it was going into the red. It's flashing all the time. It was going nuts, wasn't yeah. it? And then once it had gone, and I said it had gone, um, and, you know, after you'd got quite emotional, we then went back to that area again. And it was just green light. It was nothing. It was nothing. Absolutely nothing. So that was strange because there was, again, nothing. You know, all our electronics, all our mobile phones, everything was switched off and put in my car. And my car was... Yeah, because you weren't filming. ...was away. away. Yeah, we were doing, all, all we had with us was ourselves, yeah. the spirit box, mm -hmm. and the K2 meter. And yeah. that was it. We had yeah. nothing else because we weren't filming, we weren't recording, we no, weren't doing anything. No, So that was the interesting thing was, was the... Um, K2 meter actually went flat as well at the time when yeah. I when I sensed, you know, but there was something you said to me once, which which I won't forget. And you said to me, could it be your energy that's making the K2 meter go off? 
which again is, you know, if I'm emitting some kind of energy, could that have caused the K2? And when I stopped doing what I was doing, maybe that was when the K2 meter went back yeah. to green. Questions and questions. You know, it's none of it's proven, is it? This is it? the fascination with this. Yeah, this is the, the thing trouble. with it, is the fact that you, you just want to know and you want to question it. Yeah. Okay. Some of the stuff we say might sound completely bonkers. Yeah. You know, and... and People would say, well, how do you how do you see dead people? I wish I knew. You know, well, you I don't, don't know. though, do I? I mean, I have seen. I have seen. I tend to sense more than I see. Yeah. I, 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 it, it's almost like when I um, am doing my thing, in quotes, um, what I tend to get is I will get a series of almost like pictures in my mind. Um, but it, it's kind of like they're all in disarray. And I have to try and make sense of what these pictures are and what they mean and sometimes when I say what I'm seeing it works and it's amazing sometimes if I get them in a muddle myself because I'm trying to decipher it in my head as I'm saying what I'm seeing in my head I can get them back to front or muddled and the information could come out wrong but that's not because the information I'm sensing is wrong it's the way I'm perceiving it yeah if, if that makes sense so it's really, really difficult for people that are able to sense, you know, psychically uh, to, to get the information out sometimes. And what I don't understand with this stuff is why I only get bits. You know, I get bits like I, I might be able to describe a person, but sometimes I get a name, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I get a date of birth, sometimes I don't. It's all so bitty and fractured. And that's what I don't understand. Yeah. Why is it? Why don't you get the full picture? And I've spoken to a lot of other psychics about this. And, and there's hardly any of us that get the whole shebang, the whole deal. It's almost like it's all fragmented. And we as psychics have to almost play detective and, and try and put it together in our mind before we give the information out. You know, yeah, I mean, it's I'm really hard. You tend to record what you say, every little bit that yeah. you say to me is important. Mm -hmm. You know, so if I'm filming, it's great because I've got it on, on video, so I've got it there. Yeah. I also, I make mental notes and I write the things down when I get home. I record short sections on the voice recorder as well. Yeah. When you'll say something, I'll make sure I record that. Mm. Because post-investigation, then I'm going back and I'm going through whatever we've got to try and find evidence. Yeah. And also then doing further research, I can often put pieces of research together with things that you've said on the night and all you've of a sudden you so you times. get you get yeah. wow where did that come from yeah you know why did they do that why did they do this yeah. and it's really odd because it's the little fragments mm. that all of a sudden start to build a picture mm. and it is it's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle isn't it, it is yeah it all yeah together. i mean a good example i mean we keep going back to to deep and i'm sorry that we do but it is one of those places where we we've had so many things happen to us yeah, there that you, yeah. you just you it explains perfectly what we're talking about when we can describe things that happened there yeah we were talking early on um before we had the knocking on the car you were talking about there was a crash yeah i can see broken glass i can see people running and shouting and yelling i Plane can see crash, yeah, is that yeah, the one? yeah i can see propellers going round and round yeah you said you said all of this Mm. Right, early on, and I've got it because I recorded it because I was filming you at the time. Well, you see, I forget what I say half yeah. the time. Later on, when we sat in the car, yeah. we were watching the exact same thing that you'd spoken about yeah. happening in front of us oh, yeah. with the shadows. That's right. There were propellers spinning round and round in the shadows. There were bodies running backwards and forwards. Do you know, I've, I've only just now put that Yeah, together. It's really strange when you put it like I that. I hadn't even thought about those two, putting those two together. I'd, I'd forgotten I'd said that, actually. But there you go. See, because yeah. I'd, I'd got that previous you saying that, and it was quite an intense feeling for you. It really was. Yeah, you because know, you, you, you said I can really see it, but it's just, it's so garbled. I can't make out what it is, but, mm. you know, there's something going on. And later on, we had that experience, and it was like the two, it was like whatever was giving you those pictures there mm -hmm. decided then to give it to us in something more tangible, yeah. By way of the shadows. But I mean, and you things. saw the shadows, and oh, we God. live streamed on social media I mean, because we were doing a live feed at quite, the time. Quite a few we? people saw them, yeah. And that, that's the thing. There was no way because there was just us two. We were both sat in the car, and we were filming through the car windscreen, yeah. watching this, yeah. thinking, "What the heck is surreal, that?" Surreal, completely surreal. We couldn't debunk it. We no. had no idea. We even when we went back on the, the second time, we tried to recreate it. 
And we couldn't. Same temperature difference, nice warm summer night, exactly the same. We parked in the same place. No shadows at all. Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah. You know, so what is all this stuff? It is. This, this, this is why we continue doing it. Yeah. And actually, in the process of talking like this, we've answered another one of the questions from yeah. um, the book girl who said, your first paranormal experience, and what was it about it that made you want to investigate the supernatural further? There yeah. it is. It's the fact that we've got that and you just want to know. That was... You want to know. That was so strong for me. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't my first paranormal experience because, like I said before, my very first one was when I was little on the yeah. farmhouse, which you guys can read about on our website. But the the, the strongest one for me was Dee from Green. Yeah. Without a doubt. And it's so much that came out of that as well. Yeah. Another classic example. Um, they're talking Russian. You said to me, they're yeah, talking Russian. Yeah. I said, talking Russian? Yeah, it's Russian. I said, how do you know it's Russian? Because they said nyet, mm. nyet, and that's no in Russian. I said, yeah, she said they're talking about places as well, that's Russian places. That's the only Russian word I think I know. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, this is American Air Base. We then went on to, yeah. when we were doing the live stream at the time, we went on to talk about maybe it was Polish airmen. Yes. That maybe, but there wasn't a Polish squadron there, it was an American Air Force squadron, so... Mm. And I just thought it was really weird, but it stuck in my head. Because mm. why are they talking Russian? Then I went back and researched and found out that actually they were a part of a big operation where they flew shuttle missions into Russia and then flew from Russia down to North Africa and then back up to oh, England wow. again in a triangle doing bombing missions on the route. Yeah. And the bomb group that was stationed at Defen Green 452nd Bomb Group were caught cold on the ground at an oh. airbase in Russia. And they lost all of their planes. You see, I'm learning about this so, tonight. I didn't even know this. You knew nothing about no, this at no, all, no. you know, because you didn't even know where you didn't even know what the airbase was. Because no. when, when you said to me you'd gone to that, you'd been to an airbase with some friends after a dinner That's party. Right, yeah. You didn't even know where it was. You no, couldn't tell me where it was. No. I said, "Where is it? It's near Attleboro." I said, "So I'm looking for an American an airbase near Attleboro." Yeah, exactly. Was it an American base? I don't know. I it was didn't just... have a clue. I was just told it was a World War Two <laughs> airbase. World War Two airbase. An old airbase. Yeah. I mean, you know, they stuck me in the middle of a field. I think it was a bit like. Um, you know, in the nicest possible way, a performing seal thing. You know, I'd been around to some friends um, for dinner and they went, oh, you know, let's see you in action. Come on, come on, come on. I'd had a glass of wine um, and I said, I can't do this. You know, I've had I've had one or two glasses of wine. And they were like, we'll drive you, we'll drive you, go get your stuff, come on. <laughs> I thought, okay, you know, I'll let them have a bit of a play with the K2 meter and, and see how they get on, you know. I wasn't expecting anything from this. I thought, you know, it was just let them have, you know, a fun evening. So off we went at whatever time it was, half past 11 at night, 12 o'clock at night to this, you know, middle of the field. And, you know, then one of my friends said, you know, this is an old World War II airbase. And that was when I picked up on, you know, the first gentleman, Steve. And, you know, I came back to you and I said, wow. But at the time I thought, well, you know, I'd had some wine and, maybe it was just you know me being I don't know picking up on something that wasn't there I really didn't take it too seriously it was only when we went back and the name kept reappearing on the spirit box you heard it as well yeah but then one can argue that because I'd said the name Steve to you prior you were we picking it been, up yeah you know but the recordings are there on um social media and on YouTube and of course um, on Amazon Prime so make up your own mind see what you think but yeah I wasn't expecting too much out of that to be honest and it was one of the best investigations it's I the best investigation ever I've ever done yeah. honestly no, it's no so many in the middle of nowhere yeah and it wasn't publicized as being haunted or scary or this uh, that it's not haunted you know? I had to I had to rig dig really to deep to you find some me, stories about yeah, the place when you, when you tried to research it there wasn't much you could find no. on it at all. No, all I could find, I could find an awful lot about about the airbase itself. Yeah. Because then the the eighth um, Air Force records are really really good. Mm. Um. So I joined them and got in the records and sort of find out what I could. But as far as stories go, mm. they were not. In fact, we were told a story on the night by people that were well, walking their you dogs. You were. I wasn't yeah, allowed you weren't to, listen. to listen to it. No, no, no. <laughs> listen. I'm not allowed to research or listen, am I? Because I'm the one telling you all the information. Because we can't compromise. Know. That's, That's why, right. because it makes it a lot more... I'm left in the dark. Yeah, it's a lot more tangible <laughs> when you come up with something then yeah, because absolutely. you've not had any prior knowledge. So absolutely. sometimes we don't even tell you where we're going. Yeah. So you've got that, oh, it's a surprise, I didn't know I was coming but it, here. It was like, it was like when, I, when I came up with the name Steve, you know, we think that's a really common name, don't we? Yeah. But... There were two. 
two guys at 3,500 airmen based at that airbase. There were two guys called Steve. And I described him to you. Yeah. And? I found a picture of him. You did, didn't you? I didn't tell you, though, did I? No. I just sent the pictures and said, uh, do you recognise any of these? Yeah, and And I burst into tears because it was Steve. It was him. It was Steve. And to see him in the flesh like that and to see that photograph suddenly made me think, oh, my God, you know, this isn't just something in Juliet's weird, funny little blonde head. You know, this is a real person. It made it really real and it became incredibly emotional for me then to have that proven that what I was actually sensing was a real person once. was somebody there, yeah. And that was pretty amazing. And you said to me later on, after we did an investigation, you traced him all the way back to his high school, didn't you, in America? Yeah. I mean, we're not obviously going to say surnames and things like that because, you know, there's going to be living relatives and things like that. Yeah, we were never going to highlight names and things on on any of these, the Ghost Airfield ones that we're going to do. We're never going to highlight names because there are living relatives. Yeah. And we don't want anybody sort of thinking, you know, that we're, we're trying to sort of conjure their dead relatives because no, it's not. it's very unnerving for it's people. It's not about that, is it? It's not about that at yeah. all. It's it is about the story. It's telling the story. Yeah. It's telling a story of somewhere that's gone. Mm. Something that's disappearing back into the ground. Yeah. That's history's going to be forgotten about. Mm. But we wanted to take that history and make it tangible again and show people and say, look at this. Mm, absolutely. You know, here's a story. Look what they did. Look what happened to them. Look what they went through. You know, this is where they were, this we very piece of ground. We did and it, we did it. We, yeah. did, we did that. And because we, we had a commendation from the bomb group themselves, they came back, didn't they? Which yeah. was was really lovely, actually, because, you know, it, it's a sensitive subject. Yeah. You know, and we're talking about, you know, real families and, and real men and real women that lost their lives during, you know, the Second World War. It's still within living memory for some people as Absolutely well. Absolutely so. it is. And... You know, it's something that should never be forgotten. And when you get the bomb group, the 452nd bomb group themselves, you know, come back to us and and say... Thank you so much for sharing the story of the base. It's lovely. Yeah. It's really, really lovely to get that feedback, and that meant a lot to us, actually. Yeah, it did. It meant an awful lot. Mm. Yeah. And that is another reason why we do this, because... Yeah, absolutely. It's good to share that sort of history with you, you know. It's good to do that. And it's good to get people interested in it as well. And it isn't just a simple case of going around all the usual haunts and going, no. oh, this is so-and-so where you're going to see a spooky nun. And this is such-such where you're going to see so-and-so, yeah. so-and-so. It's actually then going back and saying, okay, let's find another part of the story. Absolutely. Let's tell you some more bits of story. Tell their stories Exactly. Well. You know, let's, yeah, tell you all about them. This mm. is who they were. This is what they did. No, don't forget. So that that is basically what Nigel and I do. We don't just go out there and and do our night vision and oohs and ahs and what's that knocking and yeah. you know we get there's a little bit of that. You know, we do lie. share. I mean, it we happens. like to sh- we like to share, which we is do. why we do we do Facebook lives because we like to share what we're doing with people yeah. and we let people it gets join exciting. in. It gets they really love exciting. it. People love the fact that they're actually drawn into it as well. Mm-hmm. And we're saying to people, what can you hear? What can you see? What can you experience? Yeah. Because it's nice to get people involved. Absolutely. But then it doesn't stop there. No. We don't just do a Facebook live and then throw it out the window and say, there you go, let's go and do another one. Mm. Let's go and do another one. Let's go. Because we don't do that. No. What we do is, there's a Facebook live. This is a video we filmed on the night. We'll mix the two together. We'll mm. produce something that you can watch. And then after that, you may get you may get a podcast about it. You may get some articles on our blog about it. Mm. You know, we tell the whole story. We give you everything. We give you the history. We give you the site. We give you the photos of the site. We give you a video of the site. We give mm. experiences there. You know, that's what it's about to me, is sharing the whole thing. And putting the history and the paranormal together. That's it. And the evidence. That's right. As well. It's not... Proven or disproven. Exactly. And then what you often say to people, this is what happened to us, Mm. you know, what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, form your own opinions, because we're always open to criticism. If someone says to us, oh, I think it's that. That's fine. That's yeah. great. We'll I, I welcome. I mean, I've had people contact me on social media saying, "Oh, you know, I don't believe it. I think this. I think that." And I'm like, "Yeah, great," because I welcome anybody. You, you know, I welcome skeptics to come out and and have a look and, and and see what I do and how I do what I do because I've got nothing to hide. I'm I'm completely open. Yeah. You know w- what I do is what I do. If people want to believe, that's fine. If they don't, that that. That's also fine. If people want to challenge me about it, I'm happy to answer any questions at all. I really don't mind doing that. Yeah. You know, because we're all, everybody has 
or most people, a lot of people have an interest in the paranormal, um, whether it's positive or negative. Everybody's got a point of view. Yeah. And, you know, it'd be very interesting for us all to work together and put those points of view together, you know, to try and find an answer to all of this. Yeah. And maybe one day in the future we will. Who knows? You knows. You may be able to do that. <laughs> Okay, so what do I get through the questions I've got on oh, here? Yeah. So we covered that one. What's the do, next do, do, do. one? How do you feel about paranormal investigating as TV entertainment? Oh, who's that from? This is from uh, Elizabeth Barclay. Okay. Uh, I find TV shows like Ghost Adventures quite aggressive and a bit overly demonic. <laughs> mm. Yes. Yeah, that, that's one thing um, I will not do as a psychic is I don't aggravate. Um, I don't shout at spirit. I will not taunt or tease spirit i don't really agree with that because you know um ghosts in my view are people you know they're people that have lived and people that have passed and just because they're in the spirit world doesn't mean they deserve less respect exactly that's my view um i don't do ouija i don't do table tipping i know a lot of paranormal people do that's absolutely fine but it's not something that i want to entertain or will do we don't want to do it you know. Can't see any point in it to tell the honest truth. Plus, the fact with Ouija, um, it's questionable whether you believe it's idea motor response or, yeah. or whether you actually believe it's opening a portal to you know hell or something like that. But because of the unknowns, yes, that's why we don't play with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably got the grounding to understand how it all works, but we just don't touch it. My opinion, and this you know is just my opinion, is Ouija is very much, and this is how I describe it to people. It's like you're in a house, you're living in a house, and it opens up, the front door opens up to a black street outside. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing is you're opening your front door, and you don't know who's walking up and down that street, and you're calling the first person into your home. Yeah. You don't know if that's a good person or a horrible person. You've got no idea, but it, once that person's in your your area, your home, it's very difficult to get rid of that person, good or not. Yeah. And this is the thing with it, is people fiddle around with it and they dabble and they mess about and to be honest i think it creates more trouble than it's worth it's not a game it's not a game i don't think it's a game i stay away from it which is why we don't play it yeah so yeah tv shows a lot of them do scares and oohs and ahs and what's that it's for entertainment it is for entertainment entertainment purposes and we all love it i've tuned into a lot of them it's harmless entertainment it's jolly good fun you know, um, but I don't do anything like that personally. No, no. And could you take it seriously or not? Probably not. The demonic side of things, um, we will disagree on this because yeah. you always say there's going to be angels, there has to be demons. Mm. Whereas I just think demons are just people that are really bloody nasty, have been really bloody nasty in a normal life and they're just evil spirits. No, I don't. I think a demonic entity is something completely different. Yeah. It's only because, and the reason why I say that, I could be completely wrong. You know, his, sure. um, yeah. you know science uh, one day could, could prove me completely wrong. It comes across, the energy to me comes across completely differently. You know, I've only ever encountered demonic, what I would think is demonic energy once. And that energy was completely different. It was incredibly dark. And the way I describe it is darker than dark. Um, When I come across um, a human soul or someone that's passed away and they're not a very nice person, you know, you sense that anger, that hatred, you, you get that, but it, the, the, the sense, the feeling is so hard for me to describe is very, very different. It's a very different sensation for me. Yeah. You know, that's why I think they're different. I'd be, I could be completely wrong. It's a classic example. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go back to Uncanny again here because okay. I think what you've just described, the first one there was what Ken was describing in Room 611 where he said it was a, a darkness and it was just unbelievable hatred that you felt from this thing and that's what you're saying that sort of thing is what you feel do you remember where i sensed that darker than dark and i said to you at the time do you remember where it was oh god no the oubliette at castle rising yeah yeah in king's lynn yeah that was where and i saw it circling yeah and we were in darkness but i could see something darker than the darkness and i could see it 
It sounds bonkers when you say that. Round. Because people can say, how can you see something that's darker than the dark? I agree. But you can. And I did. Because I did at the puppet theatre. Mm, bizarre. You know, and it was because I, I said to was Phil at the time, I said to Phil, I can't believe that because that's moving over there. Yeah. And it's dark, but it's darker than the dark. And I can actually see the darkness moving, which it's was almost like a, It's like an essence. It's like a, oh, matter. It looked, I don't know, gas, yeah. essence. I don't know what, how you describe it. But it's like it's almost like a dark cloud, large cloud. And it, it, it was almost like just moving around. And it, and it, it, it was... Oh, inte- I say intelligently controlled. It wasn't like a gaseous substance that perhaps was, you know, had suddenly appeared or, or something was floating. I mean, this thing was actually moving, like it had some form of intelligence to it and it yeah. was moving around. And that's what absolutely fascinated me. And to begin with, I looked at it and I thought, is it me? Because nobody else was paying any attention or, or sensed or said anything. Yeah. And I was very quiet. I didn't say anything. I just watched this thing. And I thought, you know, is it my eyes? Are my eyes playing tricks? What is this? Is it just my eyes that are trying to adapt to the darkness? You know, it could be anything like that. And so I was hoping, you know, it would settle or go away or dissipate or whatever. But it didn't. It, it continued. And then I had this feeling of of hatred and dread and that's my cat again I do apologize and and just sheer anger evil and this it was just this undescribable energy horrible horrible energy and it wasn't like a human being that was cross or angry or you know that the it wasn't that kind of emotion it was almost seething and more sort of a primeval force than you an know, actual when we talk human about, force. When we talk about, you know, you, the, the symbol, you know, every bit of um, evil has a bit of good in it and every bit of good has a bit of evil in it, uh-huh. you know. We talk about that, don't we, generally. Um, but this energy, there was no good in this at all. No. You know, with, with angry people and, and angry spirits, there will always be something. There'll be usually a reason. You know, they're angry because of X or Y or they're shouting because of this or, you know, there's always a reason. Whereas this thing, there was no reason. There was no reason. It was just, like Ken said that time, just pure and adulterated And I didn't say anything to you at the time. No. I didn't mention it because I didn't want to cloud your judgment. And what happened to you when you went in there after me? I got pushed. Yeah. Someone pushed me. And it was weird because Dave was feeling opposite me and he actually saw me go. Mm. And he said, I never, your face, he said, was a picture. He said, you just, you just stood there and all of a sudden you just lurched forwards. Yeah. He said, you hadn't even moved. He said, someone comes behind you and just pushed you. Weren't you. Didn't you say you were leaning up against a flint wall or something? I was actually having my back to the wall. I was standing yeah. right near to the wall. Mm. And the wall was about, I don't know, six inches behind me. Right. So there's mm. no way could anything could have got no, no. behind me to do it. Or anyone could have got behind me to do it. You know. And Dave said there was no one. But you would have heard them Behind shuffling me. around on the floor exactly. anyway, wouldn't yeah. you? Because it was it's just, just weird. a gravelly concrete One minute I'm floor. standing there minding my own business, mm. actually looking, I'll set my camera to do some filming, and the next thing I know I'm lurching forwards and nearly hitting Dave opposite me. Mm. There's a real whack in the back. So, yeah, that, right. that's, that's my view more Same on place. demonic yeah. entities. And that, that's my reason why that particular experience is my only one and only demonic um, yeah. experience. And I hope... I don't come across that again because I felt terrified. But and it's I don't not, get scared like that. It's usually. not every single investigation we go on. No, that's the thing. Is that's, it's, one, that's, that's been the only one for when me. You, I say when you watch them on the TV, it is like every single time. Yeah, well, you know, it's the yeah, card to play each time. It is for entertainment it? purposes. Well, but if you think about it, because they have to draw the viewers in, don't they? That's true. So, you yeah. know, people will get bored, I suppose, eventually if nothing ever happens and they're tuning in. Yeah, you know, they like to hear all this crashing and banging, all this kind of stuff. Don't yeah. They? Oh, by the way, we went completely off track there, but I just want to say that um, I'm team sit on the fence. Yeah. I was a sceptic, I now can't make my mind up, and you are... Team believer. <laughs> couldn't be anything else, could oh, you? Oh, gosh, absolutely. Exactly, with your experience, you couldn't be anything else. But I do question, I do, even though I'm team believer, I'm like, how can this happen? Yeah. What's the science behind it? Because I love learning about the science You're not a blank, you don't, you don't turn around and say, I believe in everything. God, no, absolutely You will say to not. me, I've had this experience, I want to know why I've had this yeah. experience, I'm going to ask some questions, and that's what you do. Yeah, I do. And it is good. Mm. You know that you do that because you don't. Well, we both do. Mm. You know, mm. and that's the good thing about it. Absolutely. So, what else have we got? What else? Okay, have we got? so we've got 
Nigel's busily flicking. I'm looking. I'm looking at. I've got um, all the questions down on my Twitter feed on my phone. So. Okay. Um, interested to know if your location. This comes from uh, David Eldridge. He's actually another Norfolk guy. Mm. I'm interested to know if your location drives your interest. I've always had an interest, but I think living in Norfolk has driven it forward. It's just so much spooky history. There really is. Isn't there there is. Yeah, we're one of the one of the most haunted counties in England, apparently, mm. and we have an awful lot of not just spooky towns. There's a real lot, lot of folklore associated yeah. with the county as well. It's because it is a rural county. Mm-hmm. And rural folks tend to be oh, more stories. into their folk tales and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they sort of go down through the generations. We had a lot of witches here, didn't we? With we Matthew certainly Hopkins. did. Hopkins rampaging up and down this region, That's yeah, right. hanging a few people mm-hmm. like he did. Yeah. That's right. But it is, I think. Yeah, I think you probably could say living in a county like Norfolk does draw you into because you're interested in the stories. Absolutely. Because I love the stories. I, mean, I love folklore anyway. Mm. And I like looking at the folklore. I mean, I, I've done some horrible things like taking folklore apart before. But then again, it's interesting to see sometimes where the stories have come from. Yeah, absolutely. Why are they telling a story about that? Why are they doing that? Well, that's because they didn't want people to see that they were doing smuggling. Mm-hmm. So they'd scare the locals away from that point by telling them there's something spooky. Or fear, on, isn't yeah. it? It's one of the best exactly. ways to control yeah. people, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. It, it's a lot of it revolves around that. But yeah, I think probably Norfolk is plays a large part in it. There is, there's so many amazing ghost stories yeah. um, in Norfolk. Good so, thing. so many. A lot of them, um, you know, I talked about Ghost of the Broads and things like that, and a lot of people have, have torn that book apart saying, oh, it's all fiction and stuff like that. But you started to do some research on that, didn't you? I did indeed. And actually, mm. um, a lot of the stories that are mentioned in the book are actually um, mentioned in historical cycle, and some of them do actually go back before he wrote the book, so they are older stories. Mm. Okay, and some of them do have a grounding in okay. things that happened. Um, a classic one I'm going to cover is Horsey, because it's quite close to my heart. My Horsey wife comes Beach. Horsey Mere, this is. Oh, Horsey Mere, yeah. sorry. Uh, sorry, Horsey is a village in Norfolk yeah. um, on the coast, and it's got a big mere, it's like a huge lake. And um, Charles Sampson, who wrote the book, tells a story about going out on a boat and seeing, hearing the voices of children. Mm-hmm. And he says, what they did back in the good old days was they'd put the bodies of the children into the mere. Oh gosh. You know. But there's I don't no that story. There's no historical evidence for no. this, but there is historical evidence for people putting items of value into water. Okay. Because often you'll find that prehistoric on prehistoric sites, Bronze Age sites, up into the Iron Age as well, they would put things into water because there was a certain amount of worship related around water. So you would find things like jewellery, weapons, mm. things like that that had been put into the water for a purpose. Well, they believed water was very cleansing, didn't they, as well? They knew it was a cycle of life, so it was yeah, very important to absolutely. them. Absolutely. So it then makes you think Samson's actually latched onto something here that where the folklore says that water was important. It could well be yeah. that locals were doing the same thing, something really they valued, mm. their dead children rather than bury them, they put them in the water. Oh. So it, it's it's where you say whether it's a ghost story or not, there's some meaning behind it. Yeah. So you're looking so at the story was, and trying was, to find it out. Yeah, you know. so basically what you're saying is, you know, that there was evidence of some of his stories, but then he added onto it and... That's right. He, he, he embroidered the story, exactly. And, and Which is going back to the TV again. Yeah. The TV where they've said, oh, they're going to be doing this because it's entertainment. This is what Charles Sampson was trying to do. He's going to make the stories entertaining, so yeah. he put his own slant on them to make them and a little more did, spooky. And he, he did, yeah. I yeah. St- you know what? I, I love that book so much. I've still got that book. I mean, it's very case. much of its time. It was written in 1931, oh. so it's very much of its time. But the, oh, I still love it, though. You can go to the place... This what I love about it is the fact you can take the book yep. and you can sit in the places you where can. you wrote the story and read the story. And they haven't changed. And they haven't, no. The Norfolk Broads is so beautiful anyway. Yeah, it's it all really very is. similar to how it was before. I mean, if, guys, if you fancy a tranquil, peaceful holiday or a long weekend, hire a boat, go out on the Norfolk Broads. It's absolutely lovely. Yeah. It really is. And we're going to finish on a final question. It's from Liz Barkley again. Elizabeth okay. Barkley, sorry. And um, this one's quite interesting, actually, because... It's something else, again, that's come out of... Back to Uncanny again. Okay. Um, I get a little bit irked about individuals' social standing or employment status being used to add credibility to witnesses of paranormal events. Mm. How do you feel about it? Well, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. Because with Uncanny, we're listening to stories 
and I'm back at room 611 again because that's the one I can relate it to, is mm-hmm. the fact that the people telling the stories are educated, yeah. they're scientists, mm. or they're people with sort of a good social standing. Mm. So does that make their story more believable, the fact that they are that sort of person? Do we take them more seriously? Because it should do. Does that mean an educated person cannot fabricate something? I mean, it. Yeah, it's anybody can fabricate. It's an unusual one to sort of think about. Anybody can fabricate a story, um, educated or not. Anybody can experience paranormal phenomena. You you know, it. It shouldn't matter, in my view. It It shouldn't shouldn't matter any difference whatsoever to whether or not you're um, a, a humble bank clerk like I was, mm. you know, um, medical secretary like yourself, yeah, you know, just what normal people, everyday life, we've experienced things, but yeah. does that make our stories less credible than someone who's a scientist? No, our story is exactly the same. So it shouldn't add credibility if you've got a better job, if you're better educated, if you're more social standing. No, the only thing I can think of is with a scientist, for example, you will get a science answer you're going to believe them which is the, the good thing about uncanny is because they've all said the same thing they don't believe in ghosts but then i hate but to they say cannot it. explain what they've experienced but science has been proven wrong on more than one occasion it certainly has so yeah. you know we know that you know so who's to say in the future it might get proven wrong again that's right you know yeah. quantum mechanics and quantum theory keeps there's getting some great 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 research is, going minute, into that there is one minute yeah. it's it's kicked out of the science world the next minute they're bringing it back in again yeah. you know nobody can really seem to make their mind up they're incredibly uncertain about the whole thing yeah you know is it possible is it not possible you know it, a, it divides the science world, I think. In a strange way, when you've listened to um, the stories on Uncanny as well, and you've listened to the sceptics talking, you've listened to the believers talking, yeah. it seems to be an awful lot harder for the sceptics to get their point across because mm-hmm. they seem to be trying to put some sort of theory into it by saying, oh, it's it's EMF or infrasound or hypnagogic sleep or yeah. some psych... Some, some, psychiatric problem that you might have that's what makes you see these things. But... Um, yeah, when the believers come up with it, they can shoot them down quite quickly. And I think yeah, it's a exactly. hard work for the sceptics on this series to actually get their points taken seriously, although they are very, very valid points. Mm, they are indeed. And there, there was actually historically some research on people with um, mental health illnesses and things like that and whether they were more um, susceptible to the paranormal. They, originally, there was a lot of um, research done on that. Yeah, historically. yeah, it's something they're sort of very sort of much looked into. Whether or not they were part parts of the illness that they had was causing them to hallucinate or hear things and stuff. Because you do things like schizophrenia and stuff like that. That is, mm. you know, I'm not schizophrenic. Part of the course. I know you're not. <laughs> well, schizophrenic. I hope I'm not. Anyway. No, I don't know. I often wonder about you. No, do you know what, Jules? I've just realised much to my horror, and I'm looking back at my phone again. Yeah. We've had more questions come in. And we've already blacked away here for an hour or so. Gosh, has it been that long? It's been that long, Sorry, yes. Sorry, guys. Has it been that yeah, long? Yeah, I mean, wow. we got a little bit carried away here. Yeah. Um, you can tell how passionate we are about the subject, mm. which is why we can we can talk for an hour about it between ourselves and yeah. record it and let you listen to it. Mm-hmm. I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to go back and answer the next set of questions because there's some interesting ones on here. So there's going to be a part two? There's going to be a part two. Wonderful. Indeed. Because there are so many more questions we need to answer. There are so many more questions. And there's some really interesting ones on there as well. There are some fascinating ones on there, yeah, yeah. Mm, Great ones. I'd have sort of thought about myself and suddenly thinking, I like that question. Mm. So hopefully in the sort of ramble that has been myself and Jules talking to ourselves. We got a little bit carried away, didn't we? We've answered your questions. Um, We've thrown an awful lot into the mix tonight and I really hope you appreciate what we've been saying and understand a lot of what we've been saying and you've got a better understanding of where we're coming from. Exactly. Well, thank you guys for listening in and thank you for your time. And thank you so much. And like we said, we'll be back again with a part two. So keep listening to this station. Thank you very much. And good night. Good night. Keep safe.